Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. And we are the pastors of this amazing location. And you guys are looking really good to me today, if I can see you through those lights. But today, I have the honour of starting our Christmas series. And it's called The Gift. Why don't you say it with me? The Gift. I love gifts. I love them. Bronson, I love them. <laughs> right. Firstly, if anyone else is here, is here today, like me, and thinking there is no way that Christmas is like four or five weeks away. Can it be possible? Like, how, how can that be? I feel like I only took the tree down like a month ago. Like, it's insane. And here I am again, only a few weeks out from Christmas, and I haven't even started any shopping. I say to myself, every single year, I'm going to start early. I'm going to start early. But I never do. So hands up today if you've already finished your shopping. Oh, make me feel much better. There is no way. (laughs) You haven't asked me for enough ideas, so there is no way that you have finished your shopping. Well, you make me feel very good here today, church. That's great. But now I have one of the most serious questions to ask you. When is the correct time to put up the Christmas tree? I like this. I like this. In my house, it's the 1st of December. But I know some people, namely my sister-in-law and actually dad's pointing to my mother-in-law, they've got it up by the 1st of November. They're just too eager, they're too excited to get it happening. Do you know, I I know some people, they don't even take it down. They literally drag it to the next room, they either cover it or it's a room that they don't go into. So it just stays there, ready. I actually think that's quite a good idea, actually. I also have to ask you, how does your tree get put up? Do you do it on your own? Is it a bit of a family thing? Do the kids do it? Well, in my house, as December starts to come, everyone wants the tree up. Why? Because they want to see the presents under it. That's why they want the tree. And, you know, so it all starts really joyful. We're wearing our Christmas matching outfits as a family. We're singing Christmas carols. We're eating fruit mince pies. But they yuck. I don't like them. Unless Sarah Jury makes them. They're the only ones I eat. They're amazing. And then by the fourth ornament, there's tears, there's screaming, there's crying, there's arguments, and everyone has disappeared. And here I am, everyone wants to do the tree and I'm covered in ornaments, everyone's disappeared. And I end up doing it on my own. But can I be honest, I prefer it. I have to put it all in order. Anyway, it's all good. Anyone else have the same experience? Just me. All right, all good. Do you know, as we start our Christmas series today, The Gift, I just want to encourage you, can we open our hearts Can we just open our hearts during this season to seek what God has for us, what he wants to reveal to you in the next couple of weeks? Because, you know, sometimes we approach Christmas with a mindset that says, I know what church is going to be about. I know the story. I've heard it before. There's nothing new to learn. But I want us to approach this season with a heart seeking, seeking fresh revelation fresh anointing and ready to encounter God as we hear the story of Jesus' birth like it's the first time with wonder, awe and excitement 
for what he did. Hey, why don't we pray this morning? I just thank you, Father, that you anoint my words today. I thank you that thank you that hearts are open and minds are open to what you want to share and how you want to touch people today. I pray that you bless everyone in this place in your mighty name. Amen. All right, let's get right into it. When we open our Bibles today to Matthew 2, otherwise the words will be on the screen or you can look on your phone. Only time you will ever get told you could look at your phone in church. All right, Matthew 2, this is what it says. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Do you know, Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem during the reign of Herod, who was known as King of the Jews. When you look at Bethlehem, there was nothing significant about this town. You know, it was not a popular place. It had a population of about 300 to 1,000 people. That's pretty small. It wasn't linked to political or geographical power. You know, it's not really the place that you would expect the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, to make his entrance. If it was me, I'd arrive in Jerusalem with big fanfare, trumpets playing, ticker tape parade, dancers in front but not here. Do you know, but not only was the location poor, so was the timing. It was during the reign of Herod. And Herod was oppressive. He he ruled with murder, hatred and violence. Scholars would argue that Herod was appointed to his position because he was so cruel. He was able to keep the Jewish people in line by putting to death those that opposed his rule. Thus, his title, King of the Jews. So here we have Jesus, the Son of God, the Saviour of the world, the long-awaited Messiah, is born in an insignificant town that had no real influence on the world stage with a government that is oppressive and harsh. I mean, talk about timing. Like, seems like the wrong place at the wrong time, doesn't it? But... We know with God, there is never a wrong place or a wrong time. 
Do you know, in a world that was consumed by fear, oppression, hardship, cruelty, in steps the person of Jesus. Into that climate, the Saviour has arrived. Hey? The one who will bring peace, hope, joy, healing, freedom and salvation. Do you know, maybe today you're in a season of fear where life has got you bound and you can't see your way out. I have good news. The Saviour has arrived. Do you know, perhaps you're in a season of brokenness and shame. I have more good news. The Saviour, he's arrived. If you're in a season of hurt and despair, good news. The Saviour has arrived. If you're in a season of anxiety, the Saviour has arrived. If right now you're tormented by guilt and shame, the Saviour, he's arrived. Good news. If you're battling depression or struggling with thoughts, good news. The Saviour, he has arrived. If maybe you're feeling like you are experiencing attack after attack of the enemy, can I say, church, good news. The Saviour has arrived. Do you know there are some people today that need to hear that in their soul because there are things that you are going through in your life. And can I say, church, you're going to continue to go through. But good news. When that happens, the Saviour has arrived. It is powerful, so powerful. And let us never forget. Do you know, in the words of the angel who appeared to the shepherds, I say this to you in Luke 2, 10. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Wow, hey? Do you know, I love the Christmas season. I said it last Sunday. I love being in the shopping centre and hearing the Christmas carols playing. Do you know, I love the holidays, the long catch-ups with friends and family that go from morning breakfast then turn to lunch and dinner and it just keeps going. I love that. I love the food, the never-ending food, the presents, the sense of joy that it brings. I love it. It's an awesome season. But Christmas is not about all of that. It's not. Let's not forget, Christmas is about a child born in Bethlehem who brings good news to all people. A child who will be Christ, the Lord of all. A child who will bring the kingdom of God, bring hope to the lost, free captives, who will save the world from their sins. Can I get an amen? Amen. Do you know, can I remind you this Christmas that Jesus was born to rewrite your story? People need to hear that here today. He was born to rewrite your story, to step into your life and provide you the freedom that his birth made possible. Hey? Do you know, maybe you're in this place today and you've never given your life to Jesus. And maybe... Maybe you have, but the situations of life have put the gift of Jesus in the background. At the end of my message, I will give you an opportunity 
to re-encounter him again or encounter him for the first time. Do you know, as I mentioned earlier, it was in the days of King Herod that Jesus was born in the midst of oppression and the rule of a foreigner, a pagan, that God begins to reveal his kingdom through his son. Not an army, not a political ideology, but through Jesus. Do you know, Jesus was born into darkness because that is where he knew he would find us. Jesus was born into chaos because peace is what he was bringing. Jesus was born into brokenness because healing is what he would offer. Jesus was born into panic because comfort is what he would extend. Jesus was born into political tension because he was establishing the kingdom of God. So let's go back to our first scripture, Matthew 2. It says this, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Do you know, we see here the arrival of Jesus captures the interest from men of the East. Wise men, or as we know them, the Magi. Scholars will say of the wise men, or the Magi, that they are astrologers studying the stars and their meanings is what makes them wise. But of interest here, and what I want us to look at, is that they came from the East. In Jewish culture, the East was not geographic, not just geographic, it was quite symbolic. The East represented the enemies of Israel, Persia, Babylonia, Arabia. These men could have been from any of these nations, nations that historically were enemies of God's people. And yet, they came seeking Jesus, the Son of God. Isn't it fascinating that the arrival of God in flesh caused those who had odds with God to respond and seek him out? And that when God stepped into humanity through Jesus, the enemies of God just couldn't go on with their life. They had to come and seek him out. That's not to say, and please hear me today, that the wise men were enemies of God. It's not saying that. What I'm saying is that there's symbolism of where they came from. And they came from the east. It's interesting that men from the east came, but none of the priests or the religious leaders who followed God came to witness the birth of Jesus. They didn't come. The men of the east did. But what happens when they get there? It says this, where he who has been born king of the Jews... Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Do you know these men, they're asking, where is he who is king of the Jews? We have come to worship him. Wow. Do you know straight away, Jesus is identified as king. Straight away. There is no question. There is no hesitation. No doubt. See, when it comes to the person of Jesus... There is no question. He is either king or he isn't. He is or he isn't. Even these men from the east acknowledged his position. 
So these couple of lines are more than just words. It speaks to a, a much greater reality that the king has arrived and he's bringing in his kingdom, his rule and his reign. That's what he's doing if the keys would come. You know, George Alden Ladd said this, the kingdom has come in that the powers of the future kingdom have already come into history and into human experience through the supernatural ministry of the Messiah, which has affected the defeat of Satan. Men may now experience the reality of the reign of God. The presence of Christ on earth had for its purpose and defeat of Satan, his binding so that God's power may be a vital reality in the experience of those who yield to God's reign by becoming disciples of Jesus. In Christ, the kingdom in the form of its power has come among men. So good, hey? Do you know, see, Jesus' arrival was notice to the kingdom of darkness that its time was up. You're done. You're finished. Your reign is over. There is a new king in this town and he is going to establish and advance God's rule and reign over the world. And do you know what, church? That's a declaration for your life. The kingdom of darkness has already finished because there is a new king in your life that has come to establish and take up the freedom that he offers you. So where is the king? They asked, where's the king? And just like the wise men asked the question, you know, the world, the friend, our friends, our family, our loved ones, they're asking us the same question. They're asking us the same question. Where is the King? Where is this King Jesus? Where's the one you worship? Where is the one you say you believe in? The one that you serve? The one you pray to? The one you go to church every Sunday to worship? Where is He? And they want a response. They want an answer. So what is our response, church? What is our response? Do you know, sometimes I think we've stayed silent. We don't say anything. I'm speaking to myself today. Do you know, maybe we have hidden in the walls of the church and thought, oh, you know, if they just come to church, do you know, then, then they'll find out. They'll find out. Can I ask this Christmas that we start to get bold and courageous and be awakened to the reality that Jesus is King and His birth ushered in a kingdom that was designed to impact and influence the world around us. The world needs this. They need this. And it is up to us to share it. Who is your King? My King is a King that brings freedom. My King is a King that brings hope. My King brings victory. My King, you know, breaks, I don't know, chains off your life. My King breaks anxiety, destroys fears. That is my King. Can I encourage you today? Don't wait for them to come into these four walls. You are the church to them. This is not the church. So this Christmas, let's be bold and bring the kingdom of God to them. Let's bring it to them. 
And as I close today, this is what I love, that the only option for these wise men was to worship Jesus. That's what they did. Do you know what a statement and a symbol of victory that was to come, that men from the East would come to worship Jesus. What a symbol that they would stop their lives. They get there and all they can do is worship Jesus because they knew at that moment, wow, the King. If only we would feel that and understand that and understand the awe of that. I think sometimes in our life we get caught up in And let's be honest, let's be real today. We do, there's so much to do. There are things to finish at the end of the year. There's parties to go to. There's kids activities, concerts, and there's so much happening. The church, we're running things too. There's lots of things to do. But can we just stop and remember? And maybe like our invitation says, stand in wonder and awe and excitement of what we're actually here to celebrate the arrival of the King. Do you know, church, when we lift the name of Jesus, when we speak His name out over our life, and as we do our life, we are reminding the darkness who is victorious. We are reminding the world that there is a new King in town and He reigns. Every time you speak it out, it reminds the spiritual realm there is a new king and you are defeated. Anything that is going on in my life, you have already been defeated. Do you know this Christmas, will you seek the Saviour? Will you allow Him space and make room for Him to speak healing, to speak life and hope into your story? Because you need to hear this, your story isn't over. Do you know, you might sit in here today and go, oh, there's so much going on in my life, it's done. Your story isn't over. He came to rewrite your story. He can rewrite your story from the last paragraph if He has to. doesn't have to be from the start. Can I encourage you? That's what He's here to do today. And you know, we often do associate it with busyness, friends, family, presence, food, but bring it back the arrival of a Saviour. That's what we're here to celebrate, the arrival of a Saviour. I mean, just turn on the news for five minutes and you will see that the world is full of chaos. Wars, famine, sickness, pandemics, greed, hopelessness, cultural upheaval. A Saviour is what it needs. A Saviour is what it needs. It's what we need. It's what we need. Do you know, Jesus' arrival, it changed history then. Changed history then. And His arrival is still changing history now. And it will continue forever. And He will always be the answer. That's so important to remember, church. He will always be the answer. It's not that fad diet. It's not that fad trend. It's not that TikTok. It's not that... He will always be the answer. He will always be the answer. He will be the healing. 
He will be the freedom. He will be the hope for every person, every person. And I love that. That's what our God does. There's no, you want to talk about no discrimination? Read Scripture. Every person and every situation. So this Christmas, my prayer for you, my prayer for me, my prayer for Elevation Melbourne West is that like the wise men, we will seek the Saviour. Would you close your eyes with me today? I just thank you, Father, in this place that you bring us back to seeking.